0: Let me uh, let me talk to you a little bit about what could possibly happen by tomorrow. And I don't think it's going to, but we could be at war tomorrow with China because of one crazy incident in Taiwan Um, that's happening soon. And um, we should know by tonight. (laughs) Now, can you imagine if we're at war with China, if there's even a blockade with China can you imagine what happens to our economy and everything that we need? Please, please do yourself a favor and prepare yourself. Go to preparewithglenn.com. Grab your four-week emergency food kit for $50 off the regular price. Your food will ship fast and free. It arrives in unmarked boxes. Go to preparewithglenn.com right now. You should have food you know, for your family to weather any storm, please do this now. Prepare with glen.com. to hear is the fusion of entertainment and
1: enlightenment this is the Glenn back program
0: hello America today is uh, promising to be a very interesting day China said may you live in interesting times oh well thank you so much for that because it's very interesting what's happening today as Nancy Pelosi goes over to Taiwan Already she is on her way there now and it uh, seems as though Taiwan's presidential office has been hit by an overseas cyber attack ahead of this. Um, That is not a good sign. China said they will not sit idly by as uh, Nancy Pelosi visits Taiwan. So what does that mean? what could possibly happen what do we expect to happen nobody really knows but we're playing a very high stakes game now with china as well as russia representative chris stewart who sits on the uh, intel committee in the house uh, also vast military experience and intelligence experience i wanted to get his opinion on what all of this means. We go to him in 60 seconds. First, let me tell you about LifeLock. I know everybody is tightening their belt right now, just a little bit. And if you're listening to this program, chances are pretty high that you got a good head on your shoulders when it comes to knowing where to cut back on your spending and where not to. It is so crucial to understand how cybercrime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Cyber criminals right now are hacking into Taiwan. They could lose everything if this thing got serious. Cyber crime is going to affect all of us. Please, with everything we do online, our country is the biggest target for cyber crime. what if I told you you could save 25% off your subscription to LifeLock right now? It's top of the line in cybersecurity, both preventive measures that will keep you safe and access to a restoration team if you do end up having your information hacked into. Because nobody can stop everything. It's a fantastic deal and something you need to do. Join now and save 25% with your first year promo code back 1-800-LIFELOCK or lifelock.com. We go to uh, Chris Stewart now who is in washington chris how how long do i have you for today how long can you talk hello chris come in chris stewart
1: yes glenn i'm sorry you know oh I've there you are for hours and hours you know that
0: uh, no seriously i mean i know you're in washington how much time do you have here can i keep you for yeah, a while
1: glenn, I, you bet happy to talk with you
0: okay All right, because this is such a critical um, event that could go sideways quickly. And China doesn't seem to be the kind of uh, management, if you will, that bluffs an awful lot. And they are using stronger language than they've ever used with any of our allies about this visit to Taiwan. Can you explain what the heck is happening?
1: Yeah. Well, let me do our, my best in the sense that it's hard to predict the future, and it's hard to predict Chinese leadership and the actions that they might take. It's a very, very difficult intelligence target. I, I think, though, Glenn, I agree with you. As, as high as tensions might be, and, and despite the actions that uh, Chinese leadership is taking in the bluster, again, I agree with you. I think it's unlikely that we're at war with china in the next you know short period of time and and part of the reason for that is china doesn't need to be provoked for an excuse to take taiwan i think they will do that at a time of their choosing when they're ready it's it's pretty clear yeah Yeah, it's pretty clear that's that's their intention and they've made that very clear and again i don't okay so hang on just a second with that
0: uh, chris um when when you when you say that and you're looking at that um let's uh let's let's take it here. China went in and took Hong Kong when they were ready and the world was distracted and they came in easily and just took Hong Kong freedom squashed. I think that's the kind of opportunity that China would be looking for for Taiwan. Just take it when nobody's watching um, and the world can't do anything. And that time will come. They also don't have the landing crafts at this point, if I understand this correctly. Uh, I have seen that China doesn't have the landing crafts that would be uh, needed to take Mm -mm. an island like Taiwan. But that is on the horizon. But let me balance this now with the other side. China's economy is collapsing. They have people that are in the streets now defying tanks at the Bank of China. So, China may need a distraction and a reason to rally all of the people to take their attention off the financial trouble. Is that fair yeah. to say that that's what makes this really kind of an unknown?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think everything you've said is true, and I agree with everything that you said. And I think your point on Hong Kong is so important and has to be elaborated on. I mean, Glenn, I remember you and I talking about, remember when uh, Hong Kong had millions of people protesting in the streets? Uh, On one weekend, they had more than 3 million protesters out of a nation of 6 million people. Half the people were protesting. And during that time, we had something like 35,000 Chinese security forces. Now, they called them policemen and and civilians, but they weren't. They were military. And yet China did not invade Hong Kong at that point, even in the midst of this incredible uprising. But to your point, when they did was when the U.S. was, was completely absorbed with covid and they did it without a peep. Mm-hmm. No one even noticed. And, and I actually think that's an argument for why right now isn't the time for them, because they, I do think they can choose uh, when they make this invasion, and I think it's almost inevitable that they will. But I think they can choose a better time. And to your second point about the amphibious assault ships, that's exactly exactly right. It turns out that invading Taiwan is not a simple military operation. In fact, it actually has some fairly significant natural defenses. The only way you can do it is through amphibious assault landings. You can't do it through the air. You just simply can't put enough soldiers on the ground. And they're not quite prepared yet. Now they're working aggressively towards that. But our analysis is, is that they don't have enough ships yet. So I think right now it's probably premature for them to take this type of action. And finally, to your third point, yeah, you're right. There's a lot of upheaval in China right now. And I guess the question the equation the leadership would have to evaluate is, does us invading Taiwan, which is gonna aggravate all of those internal financial stresses in China, not alleviate them, does that help us or does it hurt us? And again, I think, I think most of the analysts and and just common sense says it's probably not the right time right now. But finally, Glenn, let me say this. Who knew that Russia was going to invade Ukraine? Uh, Who knew the CDC Mm -hmm. was a political organization? I mean, who knew the Great Reset was going to reframe a lot of what we do in society? So the truth is, is we live in a very unpredictable and a very dangerous world. And it's hard to say with certain what the next day might hold.
0: So the New York Times is, um, I think pretty much taking Nancy Pelosi apart, uh, Thomas Friedman had an article in the New York Times, I think it was yesterday, where he was talking about uh, Ukraine, the money we're sending over there, how corruption is on the rise. We don't know what we're doing. And now we have Nancy Pelosi running over to China. uh, And he thought it was a big mistake for her to go over. It's not necessarily a mistake to go over, but it's a mistake to announce you're going over. Because it gives China the chance to do what it's doing and putting us into a situation to where you got to go because you can't give in to China, but you don't want to go because it's pissing China off. Wasn't that the mistake that Nancy Pelosi (laughs) made?
1: Yeah, I think there are a couple of mistakes are made. Number one is that 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 did occur. And and there have been members of Congress who have visited Taiwan in the last couple of years, but they do exactly what you just said. They don't announce it. they go there. We show our support. We have meaningful meetings. We talk about, you know, military alliance, you know, things that we can do to help them. You leave and then perhaps you talk about it when you get home. In some cases, we don't even discuss it once we have returned. I don't think Nancy Pelosi announced that she was going to Taiwan. I think the Biden administration leaked it. And you have to ask yourself, why would they do that? Why? Is there anyone who thinks that 10% for the big guy wants to provoke China? Because this president doesn't want to provoke China. He wants to kowtow to China. And a really good example of that is, why in the world is it so hard for this administration to say the truth about the origins of the coronavirus? I mean, a seven-year-old could look at the evidence and say, yep, it almost certainly came from the lab. And yet they're reluctant. In fact, it's impossible for them to do that. They just simply won't. And I think that's a good example. They don't want to provoke China. They thought Pelosi going there would be a provocation. Therefore, they leaked it, I think. And there are others who believe this as well. In order to compel her not to go. And uh, to her credit, Glenn, I think, and uh, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I just said that about Nancy Pelosi. But <laughs> in this case, it's true. To her credit, I Weirder think things have she happened. landed there just, well, and the, and the evidence is she probably landed there just a few minutes ago. I, I think they were, they were scheduled to land at about uh, 10.05 uh, p.m. local. And it's, a, like I say, just a few minutes ago. We don't know for sure if she is. But that attention apparently was her intention.
0: So I want to play something from the Pentagon that I just don't understand. Um, and it regards the Taiwan Relations Act, which I want you to get into here in just a second. But let me play this and then ask you a question on. It. Here's the Pentagon. Repeatedly yesterday. said
1: that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence. And we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. We have communicated this directly.
0: So wait a minute. John Kirby just said we don't support Taiwan independence. According to the Taiwan Relations Act, which is very carefully written, there is strategic ambiguity through it. And I think that's even a phrase that comes from that strategic ambiguity, where we have always played, look, we support the Taiwanese people and uh you know we'll defend them we accept them as a uh as a uh a separate party but we never say absolutely positively we're going in or absolutely positively we don't support this why are we saying
1: this now well, yeah it, it, you know that's a that's another good example of the delicate nature of this relationship and that is you're exactly right the strategic ambiguity is intentional it's deliberate, and it's written into this agreement. And it was a way mm-hmm. to, to split the split the baby, if you will, at the time. And that is, you know, philosophically and and in many practical ways, we were supportive of the people of of Taiwan. But on the other hand, we didn't want to go to war with China at the time. And we said, OK, well, we're going to have this strategic ambiguity. Well, we're going to kind of support him, but we're not going to support him uh, 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 in open or in public or or in very aggressive ways. Which is, by the way, coming back to the president one more time and, and his apparent willingness to, you know, to improvise and to change 30 years of national security strategy in an offhand comment at the end of an interview when he says, oh, yeah, we would absolutely militarily defend Taiwan. Well, that's not been officially our policy for a long, long time. Again, it was it, no. it, it relied on this ambiguity, strategic of, ambiguity of, of yeah. China not knowing what we would do. Uh, and, and I think it's a good example of it. Again, it's a delicate uh, balance there. And this president has has tipped the scales in a way that brings a lot more uncertainty.
0: Okay. Um let me uh take a quick 1 minute break. Um and I I I want to go back to a what uh China is saying, what Russia is saying about this. Uh Russia came out on Russian TV and I'll play that for you here in just a second. And then I just want to talk to you about what do you think we should prepare for? What are the options? Cuz honestly, I am more afraid of this Government's response than I am of China's response. I, I, these people screw everything up. It, they'll only make things worse. And I, I don't know. I mean, I just, Biden is practically an imbecile at this point. God only knows what he would choose to respond with. Uh, so I want to talk to you a little bit about that coming up in just a second. Seven. Back with Chris Stewart in just a moment. First, uh, our sponsor this half hour is the Tuttle Twins books. When the Fed and the president tell you, despite two back-to-back quarters of negative growth in the economy, that we're not in a recession, who believes them? Well, sadly, a lot of people A lot of people, because they don't remember history, they don't pay attention, and they don't, we no longer have the ability as a society to discern truth from fiction. We no longer either have the ability to discern or, and it might be and or, don't care when people are lying to us that is a republic that cannot stand you have a republic if you can keep it said benjamin franklin i'm not sure we can Uh, we have to learn history we have to learn from the past and we also have to teach our children how to discern truth from fiction i want you to check out a new book it's america's History. Uh, I think it's 1215 to 1776 it's unlike all the other history books it concentrates on the story of uh, america and it doesn't have you know memorization of dates and names and everything else it tells you the ideas and the big struggles what they were about what the different ideas were why one uh, conquered the other and what makes us different that's america's history And if we're going to keep our republic, we have to know it. Please go to TuttleTwinsBeck.com, TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Their American history book has just been released. You can preview a sample chapter. You can see for yourself why it's so good and why it's so needed. It's crucial right now, actually. And they will show you everything they're including in the offer, including the audiobook version. TuttleTwinsBeck.com. That's TuttleTwinsBeck.com. Ten seconds. Station ID. Okay, so if you're watching the uh, the network on Blaze TV, it, I'm going to play some Russian television. But here was the message, uh, a TV tower in Moscow, and uh, the message is, China, Russia is with you. The strategic alliances are being made between China, Iran, and Moscow. And uh, we're in a very dangerous situation. Um, I I think we are approaching the um, the Cuban Missile Crisis kind of tension. That's what I think, not worst case scenario, but a really bad case uh, tomorrow. We could start to face uh, blockades and where difficult decisions have to be made. And quite honestly, uh, Chris, I I don't trust this administration to make those, nor do I trust the Pentagon.
1: Yeah, I'm afraid and I say this reluctantly, but I, I share that fear, and especially it, it hurts me to say that about military leadership. I mean, you know, Glenn, as you've, as you've mentioned, I was a former Air Force pilot. And, and you know, there, that runs deep in my family's DNA from my father, who was a pilot in World War II right. to my brothers. And shame on General Milley and shame on General Austin. And after what we saw, the debacle in Afghanistan, <clears throat> how in the world could this president sit across from them and trust them on any issue? How could the American people trust them on any issue? And there has been a time or two, as, as, as I've mentioned to you briefly, Glenn, that I've seen things develop there, and, and the development itself was frightening. But the administration's supposed, or what they were suggesting, how they were to respond to this was absolutely terrifying. I mean, it was, it was beyond inept. And it was like, holy cow, how could you guys even be possibly considering this action? And yet we've seen that from them. And, and uh, unfortunately, we've seen it more recently. So, no, I, I share that concern and we should. The American people are not foolish. They can look at this administration and see that they're not, they're not capable and they haven't demonstrated uh, the type of leadership that we need to when it comes to international relations or military affairs. Again, they look at Afghanistan as evidence.
0: Chris, what are you um, what are you expecting, or what should we be watching for um, here in the next twenty four hours?
1: Well, I think there is a couple things maybe worth mentioning. One of them is is this alliance between Russia and China. Now, this is an example of the enemy of my enemy is my friend, but this is a little bit beyond that. There is actually a genuine friendship between between President Xi and President Putin. They actually spend quite a lot of time together. I think there's been more official visits between them than any other state leaders. Uh, And now that's a transactional relationship, but they could take advantage of it at this moment. Uh, So I think that's something strategically we need to keep our eye on. Uh, Again, Glenn, I think that we're probably going to see bluster from Chinese leadership. They've already announced uh, they're imposing some uh, trade sanctions against Taiwan, interestingly, on foodstuffs which is something they need more um. of, not less. And they'll probably be more of that. And then there's gonna be more aggressive military exercises. They've got five days of military exercises they hastily put together, uh, including four days of live file exercises that you'll see over the next, uh, next week. And again, they put that together very, very quickly in order for them to respond to this. I, I don't think you're gonna see something that leads us into a confrontation, but it's, it stresses the relationship. And it makes Beijing more and more likely to show aggression towards Taiwan in the future.
0: Uh, Chris, thank you so much. Thank you for trying to hold the line along with uh, several other people in Washington, especially the Freedom Caucus, holding the line here. Uh, Thanks so much for checking in with us. Back with um, another expert on Taiwan and war. Next. Glenn Beck Program. Do you know what's worse than the beginning of a house selling and house buying process? Uh, honestly, honestly, the end of it, the end of it, uh, if you don't do it right, the end of it is awful. On the house selling side, you could end up with a lot less than your house is worth or might be worth. You could end up with a real estate agent that thinks selling a house is only just uh, putting up some balloons and some signs saying open house and you're trapped in that nightmare cycle on the buying end. I mean, who wants to end up not in the house that you really wanted, but the house you settled for instead? That's why you should check out the real estate agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. We've done all of our work to make sure that we are recommending the people that we feel are the best in your area. This is a free service to you, but get the just at least interview these people. I think you're going to be impressed with them. They know how to sell your house for top dollar and negotiate to get you in the right house. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Buying or selling, it's a free service to you. Find the right real estate agent, realestateagentsitrust.com. Isn't it the right thing to do to subscribe to Blaze TV? Go to
2: blazetv.com slash Glenn. The promo code is Glenn. Save 10 bucks.
0: I remember I'm 18 years old. I am working at WPGC in Washington, D.C., and I can see the, um, the light on top of the Washington Monument. So I'm at Ground Zero. Ronald Reagan is in office. And there's something, I don't remember what it was, but a, a confrontation with um, the Soviet Union and it was really serious and i remember keeping the door to the teletype in my studio open teletype is how we used to get the news and it had bells on it and a 10 bell event would be nuclear war and i kept that propped open so i could hear those bells and count the bells and you know we got i think as high as like six bells and i would count them because i knew and i thought i'm at ground zero I mean, this could be over in 12 minutes. Um, I haven't felt that way um, really until this administration. You know, even after September 11th, I I remember feeling on September 11th, boy, I don't know what they're going to do. But it wasn't a fear of nuclear war or all out war over the whole world. We're approaching that kind of of place. We now have. Do we have the live footage? Uh, this is. They're tracking Nancy Pelosi's plane. We can show it to you. She's at about 10,000 feet headed towards Taiwan. She has um, avoided the restricted airspace over the South China Sea. However, China has uh, just closed the airspace above the Taiwan Strait um and they are they're at least flexing their muscles if you look at um what china is sending out online uh you are seeing military being moved you have the um aircraft carriers from china moving out of their home ports uh and headed towards uh, taiwan I don't know what's going to happen. We have a guy who actually is, I mean, somewhat of kind of an expert on this area working for us. He's our chief research, uh, chief researcher and head writer for the Glenn Beck television program. Jason Batrill. Hello, Jason. How are you? Hey, Glenn. Doing good. So, Jason, help, help me out on um, how serious is this with China, do you think?
2: I think it's very serious, especially considering, you know, the symbolic meaning of Taiwan. Uh, Taiwan's very, very symbolic to the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, This has been an issue since, you know, the communists took over, really. So um, this is probably one of the most crazy, ambiguous treaties we've ever had. The Taiwan Relations Act is the most ambiguous thing ever, which makes Kirby's, you know, remarks yesterday kind of odd to come out and say, you know, we don't support independence so publicly. I mean, I've read the the Taiwan Relations Act cover to cover. The ambiguity, just to say it's ambiguous is even an understatement. It's the equivalent of one of the most confusing Christopher Nolan movies ever. Take Inception, take Interstellar, take Tenet, and then have 30 different people try to describe what it actually means. Like, oh, I actually think it means That's
0: basically what we're talking about here. So this is Taiwan and China are at war with each other. It's a civil war. And it happened in the 1950s. So this has been going back and forth from the 1950s. But it is it's coming to a head. And that's because as China rises in power, they think the odds are that they can take the United States of America. I don't think that's possible yet. But I think we're maybe five years, two to five years away from them. Actually, being able to take Taiwan and uh, call our bluff, or just fight the war. Yeah, uh, you think
2: that's accurate? No, absolutely accurate. Uh, China sees Taiwan like they see Hong Kong. Uh, when they made the deal with uh, Hong Kong, it was always it, people always say, "Oh, well, you know, China, does, you know, has no right to do this. It's supposed to be two uh, two systems, you know, under one country." Um, yeah, but but it was in that agreement that China would one day take full control, and it would be one system. Uh, People usually leave that part out. They just decided to accelerate their plans. They see Taiwan as one China. And uh, they believe it's rightfully theirs. And their plan is always to take it. They just don't have the military capability. Now, moving towards uh, what we're seeing now... The thing that would have always, you know, tip us off, and in the Taiwan Relations Act, we will s- said that if if you try to coerce, you know, militarily onto <clears> Taiwan <throat> to change Taiwan and take it, we will respond. And President Reagan, and I believe 1980 or 1982, reassured right after the uh, we, uh, you know, the 1979 Taiwan Act, reassured that hey, we are still giving you weapons, we are still coming to your defense. So this is a very, very old agreement we've had. And yes, we will go and, and respond. But um, the thing that has always kept, you know, the things, you know, kind of open and, you know, that we can see what's going on in the future is it would take a, a, a tremendous Chinese military buildup to, you know, to be put in place before we would, you know, the, the actual action. So we would see it. We'd see the buildup. We'd go and, you know, respond to it. What Pelosi's done, and let's, let's put this into context, the Speaker of the House has just undermined her president's in the same party his foreign policy. She has taken it on herself to manip- to manipulate U.S. foreign policy. It's absolutely unprecedented. She has no right to do this. It's not under the duties of the Speaker of the House. But her actions are allowing this military buildup to happen. It's accelerating an already accelerated plan that we've seen,
0: you know, with China and Hong Kong i tell you it is um it is truly frightening and by the way the reason why taiwan is important to the united states is if taiwan falls we then are pretty much out of asia the the next country to fall would be new zealand and australia and china would just overrun um all of that hemisphere and between russia and china um You know, that that would be a very uh, difficult uh, match for us to even stand shoulder to shoulder with. Okay, so let me give you a couple of scenarios. And I want to hear what you think the best scenario is. These are five different uh, scenarios um, that have been put together uh, by a a Taiwanese um, based researcher. So the first one, minimalist approach. The People's uh, Army occupies Jemen or Matsu Islands, as well as Taiwan's islands in the South China Sea, maybe even the Peng Islands. They declare part or all of the Taiwan Strait a no-go zone. They just did that. Um, and they say, we give it a no-go zone to all military shipping. This would be fairly easy, et cetera, et cetera, and it would not overcommit them, Um, It would just be a step up. Scenario number two, hybrid warfare, some sort of a partial naval and aerial blockade of Taiwan intended to interfere with the economy to combine with stepped up harassment, such as direct flyovers, which they did uh, last night while we were all sleeping incursions into maritime space by China's military. Uh, They might also have cyber attacks, which they just did about two hours before Pelosi's plane was taking off. Um, uh, scenario number three, a serious attack, but no invasion. This would involve air and sea warfare, no boots on the ground, full aerial and naval blockade, protracted set of naval and aerial battles designed to degrade Taiwan's uh, military combined with ballistic missile attacks on military targets. Uh, scenario number four, A real actual invasion scenario number five short of a uh, nuclear uh, attack would be the worst case full air and sea blockade, massive ballistic missile attacks on military targets, cyber attack, aggressive naval and aerial attacks and boots on the ground. Um, I don't think that one is uh, even possible right now, but maybe it is. Which one or do you have another scenario that you think is more likely to come from this Uh, to sort of point
2: out, I think every single one of those scenarios would break the Taiwan Relations Act, uh, which would require an American response. So if they're thinking about doing any of those, they're ready for war. Um, just really quick, if I can remember all of them, the first one occupying some of those islands in the air defense zone. We already see all the air defense zone. occupying any of those islands, <clears throat> including the Pengu Islands. Yes. Those are part of the Pescador Islands, which is specifically named in the Taiwan Relations Act as part of Taiwan. So that's a okay. huge... Uh <laughs> that's a huge uh you know uh, we're getting involved basically if they do
0: that and they're so that they- is or that is a progressive way to for China to do it where they're not taking all of it they're just moving in and then like republicans always do you just back up and like oh well that that that's okay okay well we'll get it on the next vote you know um that's a progressive tactic and America would probably not go to war over something like that i would hope yeah All
2: right, we should put a note real quick on uh, nancy pelosi has just landed in taiwan so that uh is just congratulations just watched it live here uh as a uh, so there, whatever game is so being desired. played is going to be played the other scenarios uh pretty much uh, many of them involved economic you know hybrid warfare or blockades uh, economic hybrid warfare was not mentioned back then in the taiwan relations act i would put that in the same category as blockade that's also mentioned. So if any of those things happen, we are then according to the text obligated to respond. So we're responding anyway.
0: Okay. So if they pretty much do anything, even the lightest, the minimal approach, they would be in violation of this act, you know, our, our treaty, if you will. Um, and it, it puts us, you know, uh, into action and calls our bluff i am terrified of what the biden administration would do because the biden administration is absolutely toothless we have no allies what we've done in russia has only benefited russia and hurt everyone else i think these guys could overreact Uh, and do something very provocative that in the end will just destroy us. What should be our response, Jason? Oh, gosh. Um, Like I said, this is such a complicated
2: issue because it's so, I hate to use the word again, ambiguous. I think that, let me just go to this point. I I think that, I don't think China will do any of those things. I think that China will use Mm. this as an excuse to do a massive military buildup. That's what I think. And we already saw massive was, military exercise, massive military exercise. Oh, we're just going to position all these things yeah, here. Yeah. We're going to put all these boats here. We're going to keep these aircraft carriers here. That way it puts off, us off balance on we don't know how far they've escalated their timeline. And that's why I think this is so, it's such a horrible, not only dangerous, but horrible move by Nancy Pelosi in doing this. Is you, you're bringing right to the surface what we think we have 10 years to plan for and to prepare for. Um, that's what I think will happen I think that just we'll see a lot more military buildup in that area it'll be harder for us to know when they are actually going to attack now if they do any of those other things I think that we're obligated to respond in some way I'll leave it up to them to decide what is the you know oh God, it, th- how to balance it all out um, they're obviously not the ones that I want you know in charge right now to do that but um, I mean what we're, we're we're signaling to everybody else in the uh, in the region that hey you know, the time okay. of of you being able to count on us th- that's over now so you know
0: uh, yeah i will tell you J- jason thank you so much for your analysis and of course we'll be watching it and uh Um, If you if you watch and see some things, let me know and tweet it out today and uh, and and Facebook post, because this is something that is ongoing. Um, Thank you, Jason, for your your help. I will I will tell you that uh, now is a time to pray for your country. And let me just remind you, uh, the Republicans always get the warmonger um, label. Uh, let's just say that the Republicans have changed on war. We've learned our lessons, I think. Um, and Donald Trump world was at peace. Look at how fast that has deteriorated. We could be at, in a proxy war with both Russia and China by tomorrow. It's insanity. Back in just a second. So I'm a guy who appreciates convenience as much as anybody. When it comes to feeding your dog, I understand that kibble food is the easiest way, not to mention the cheaper way. But here's the thing. Your dog isn't getting the nutrition out of his kibble food. So that's because the factory bakes everything that is good for him out uh, so it can last on the shelf for years. So I want you to do what I've done. I still feed my dog kibble food, but I've added rough greens. Rough greens, uh, came about because of Dr. Dennis Black and he came up with this formula to sprinkle on the dog food and it is full of vitamins and minerals and probiotics and antioxidants. You name it, it's in there for your dog. If it's healthy for your dog, it's probably in Rough Greens. Most dogs love it and go crazy for it. All of our dogs at the studio, we all have uh, had it with our dogs. And I'm telling you, you not only see the difference, but it's like dog crack. Some dogs may not like it, and they want to make sure that you're not out money uh, for something that your dog's not going to eat and like. So they're going to send you a trial bag for free. All you pay for is the shipping just to see if your dog likes it. If your dog likes it, then order a bag, and you're going to start seeing real health improvements I mean, think about how much money you will save going to the vet. Roughgreens.com slash Beck. Roughgreens, R-U-F-F, greens.com slash Beck. Or call 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, 33, 833-G-L-E-N-N-33, 33, roughgreens.com slash Beck. The Glen Beck Program. This is the Glenn Beck program as bizarre as things are right now. Let me just, and we'll get into this uh, a little later. It's not time and space. It is space time. It's a compound word and it is a way for us to chart where we are. Um, The physics and everything. It is constant. Um, And we have thought 24 hours was constant for the first time ever in known earth history the earth has sped up we are now 1.59 milliseconds under 24 hours that is that is critical for gps for all kinds of navigation for for satellite technology everything we can't have our clocks run slow that's never happened before because the Earth has never sped up. But I'd like to describe this story as, huh, ah, it's Tuesday.
1: The Glenn Back Program.